0: Welcome to the Strategies at Work podcast for August 2006. In this episode, we will look at part one of an interview with Dr. Chester about his book, Beyond Babel, and the principles that make up the Beyond Babel model. Good morning. We're here with Dr. Gerald Chester, the author of the book, Beyond Babel. It's a book that is reworking the culture of business today by telling folks that what they're doing is more significant than just punching a time clock and putting food on the table changing the way that we think about what we do. Start with, just tell us where this book came from.
1: Well, good morning. The book came out of a lot of study. Uh, I've been a consultant for uh, nearly 20 years now. Prior to that, I was um, involved in a family business. So I've been basically running businesses, managing uh, businesses for the better part of 30 years now. And in the process, I discovered some things about my own thinking, my own worldview, that were very wrong. I was a very typical Christian. I was very faithful at church. I studied the Bible diligently. I taught the Bible. I even did some uh, pulpit time. And I um, thought I had a pretty good understanding of what work was all about. And my, my theology of work was basically work was what I had to do. It wasn't really what I was called to do. It was more what I had to do to make money, to support my family, and to tithe, and to support ministries. And that's the way most people look at work. So work really has no eternal significance. God doesn't really put any value in it. And we work just because we have to, not because God's pleased that we work. So that's pretty much was my was my theology of work. And in the early 90s, somebody challenged that theology. And being a, hopefully being a reasonable student, I took the challenge on and began to look at that and evaluate that and ask myself some hard questions like what does the bible really say about work and that drives drove me back to genesis chapter 1 and 2 and what you have there is god's account of creation and particularly his account for the creation of man and why he created man and what he tells us in genesis 1 is that he created man to rule his physical universe what that does is tells us that God created the physical universe. You have a spirit being who we understand to be God who calls into existence the physical universe. That's how he created. He spoke it into existence. That's what God did. And then after he did that, he then said, okay, I'm going to make man. In fact, he said, let us make man in our image. In other words, he knew that to rule this physical creation that he had made, man needed some of God in him, some of the character and nature of God in him so god created man and he put him here to rule his physical universe so that's the big responsibility that man has what happens to most people most christians that i run into is they they get focused on genesis 3 which is a record of the fall of man and most of the bible then seems to be focused on redemption of man from that fall but that does not in any way negate or detract from our responsibility to rule. We still have the responsibility to rule God's creation. So what we have to do is recognize that and begin to realize that the best way for us to rule God's creation well is we need to be redeemed people. We need to be saved by the blood of Jesus and we need to be walking with God in the power of the Holy Spirit. So as I began to see that reality and begin to understand that, that Christianity was not just about what I did on Sunday. It was really about how I lived all of life, and it involved how I worked and where I worked and what I did at my work. It just opened up a whole new theology of work for me that that I began to embrace. And so that's what led me to studying, you know, how do we build organizations, any kind of organization, biblically. In other words, how does God want us to build organizations? So that's what was the backdrop to the book Beyond Babel.
0: You say you got this challenge in the 90s, about a decade ago or so, I would guess. Well, in the early 90s. Early 90s, so Mm -hmm. more than a decade. Your book was published a year ago. What happened in that 10-plus years that led you to, okay, now I'm going to write this book?
1: Well, when I first got challenged in the early 90s, uh, I went through a process of really assessing, okay, was my theology of work as bad as maybe I was led to believe it was? And it took about five years for me to really settle in on that reality that it was bad, that it was wrong. And so as I began to try to redefine it, that was probably 94, 95, that I really began to read and study, tried to find materials that would help me get a better understanding of what the scriptures had to say about uh, theology of work. And that process went on for probably five or six, seven years. It wasn't until the early uh, part of the 21st century, probably around 2001 or so, that I really began to kind of all began to kind of click for me. It all came together and I, I began to realize that to get my clients up to speed with where I was in processing this theology of work, I needed a training venue. I needed some training tools. So that led me to start doing seminars to try to train my clients. I knew I couldn't go to a client site and, and spend two or three hours teaching them what I was learning about biblical theology of work. I needed a more of a seminar setting to do that. So that's how that happened. And it was after one of these uh, first seminars, probably 2002, 2003 timeframe, at the end of one of these seminars, I said something that I didn't even know I was going to say and had not planned to say, but it was about the next seminar. And it, it, it surprised me. I didn't know what it meant. And, and now looking back on it, it was the Lord prompting me, telling me that to go on that there's more here and as I began to research and look at okay what would I teach next I began to realize this need to be needed to be written so that led me to start writing on the book in uh, in 2003 2004 time frame when you talk about
0: that our Christianity is not a Sunday only thing but it's something that needs to be an everyday of the week thing you're not talking about strictly evangelizing in the workplace which is what I think a lot of people think of when they say they need to take their Christianity into the workplace. Explain to us
1: exactly what you mean by being a Christian in the workplace. Okay, well let me just contrast that to my former theology of work. My former theology of work was basically work was about making money and I knew I wanted to be a Christian in the marketplace, but it was basically be ethical and evangelize when you can. So that was pretty much the end of it. Ethics and evangelism was the end of Christianity. What's happened now is I realize that God has made the universe. And if, he, if he's made the universe, he's made all the principles and the rules that work in the universe. And as I began to look at that, it was just it was a very logical uh, assumption to make that if he made all the rules, he made the rules for business. Why would be business be excluded from God's uh, rulemaking? So he made the rules of physics, he made the rules of mathematics, he made the rules of how we raise our children, how we run our churches, he made the rules for how we run our businesses. So that's how I began to embrace you know, a holistic view of Christianity. So now I'm taking the Bible, and the Bible is my handbook for business. In fact, I have a, a, a copy of the Bible that I have put a cover on, and on this cover I have put a title. And the title is The Handbook of Organizational Excellence and Prosperity. And it's not that I'm trying to promote a prosperity theology. I am not promoting a prosperity theology, as it is traditionally understood. What I'm promoting is that the Bible speaks to all of life, including business. It tells me how to manage businesses. It tells me how to lead. It tells me how to sell. It tells me how to hire and fire people. It tells me how to be strategic. It tells me everything I need to know to run a business effectively. It tells me even how to discern whether or not I should be in a business and what job I should be in. What is the criteria for hiring and how do you hire? Bible has revelation on all of that if I have the eyes to see it and the ears to hear it. So that's what I'm trying to do now is articulate that Christianity in the marketplace is far more than evangelism and ethics. Now I've been in your
0: seminars and I've witnessed people that are going through it for the first time and over and over again you can almost see a lot of times they don't get it at first and it takes a while to to soak in and and even might take a year for them to really get the principles and understand it. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that when people hear this for the first time it really kind of throws them for a loop?
1: Christianity in America has adopted a very dualistic approach. Uh, We've segregated our work life and our personal life, compartmentalize them if you wish. And our personal life is where we are spiritual. It's where we seek God, where we pray, where we study scripture, where we go to church and those kinds of things. But our work life is where we make money and it's where we have our careers and, and it's generally regarded as kind of a a, a dirty place, an ugly place. It's competitive. People do bad things there it's you know it's kind of like you don't you don't want to contaminate the church world and the spiritual world with the dirty place of the world so we've compartmentalized those two and what that's led to is very dualistic thinking and when you have dualistic thinking you don't bring your spiritual truth your spiritual understanding you're learning at church or in your Bible studies you don't bring that easily over into the compartmentalized world of business that you have created which by the way can't really happen you have artificially made that distinction. The reality is they're integrated. And when you think you are spiritual and you're living very worldly in the world, you're really not spiritual at all. Because the test of how spiritual you are, are is how well you take it into the world, how well you take it to work. So that's that's been to me the crux of it is the whole dualistic uh, concept. And our churches even, um, you know, they actually encourage this and many of them don't mean to encourage it's a very unwitting kind of thing but but it it happens whenever uh, you do anything to exalt people that do quote spiritual work over people that do just uh, physical work or work in in the workplace walk into virtually any church in this country and you have the same setup you have a platform and then you have uh, a bunch of chairs out in front of that platform and what that signifies is the important people are up on the platform. The second-class citizens are out in the chairs. The whole message, it, although it's unspoken in most places, is you know the, the important people are the pastors. They're the ministers. They're the people on staff. They're doing the spiritual work. They're doing the kingdom work. They're doing the work that God values. The rest of us are there mainly to support them and be their cheerleaders and bring money. That's the picture of Christianity we have in this country. And so that's killed our understanding of work being valuable and being a place where we, where we can actually execute the will of God. And we've got to get back to that reality. James 4 makes it very clear. The text says that, you know, who are you to say, I'm going to go here or there tomorrow and make money? I mean, who are you? You're just a nothing. You're just a, a mist that's here today and gone tomorrow. He says, that here's what your attitude ought to be. If it is the Lord's will, we will go here and there and do this and do that. So this brings business and work into the realm of discerning the will of God. And that is very much a spiritual activity. So business at its very fundamental core is about discerning the will of God. And the only way you're going to begin to do that is to walk with God in business. And you can't do that as long as you view yourself as a second-class citizen and, and it's work, work is something God is not, does not care about if God doesn't care about it he wouldn't have a will that he wanted to express in the workplace but he does have a will in our jobs to discern it and do it in the workplace
0: the concept that God is part of work and has a will your personal business your personal work is something that I think is a big roadblock in people's minds tell me what you've seen in the workplace when people start to adopt these principles and start to work in the spirit that God is a part of my business and that God has a purpose for what I'm doing
1: well I just see it transforming uh, it gives them energy and, and significance and purpose that they have never had before a lot of people are doing work they have no passion to do there's no energy in it and w- you step back and ask yourself a question do you want to do business with somebody that has no passion for what they're doing and most people really don't they want to do business with people that really love what they do imagine yourself you know submitting to a, a surgeon to do surgery Well, what if that surgeon had no passion for his, for his work well, he wouldn't be studying the latest uh, research. You know, he wouldn't be honing his skills. He wouldn't be really focused on his work. He'd be distracted thinking about other things that he had more passion to do. And you want to submit to a surgeon like that? I, I wouldn't. And I think that's, that's true of all of life. You want, you want to eat food at a restaurant where the cook doesn't really have a passion to cook? Not really. I, I really. I want to be doing business with people that have a hunger and a thirst to do what they do with excellence. And that comes from connecting with God, because God made each one of us for a purpose. And our job is to discern it and do it. And as we begin to discern it and do it, and do it with excellence, then that's when the kingdom of God is advanced. That's when we're reflecting God. That's when we glorify God is with that excellent work. You can only do excellent work when you really have a passion to do it, because you know that God has called you to do it. He's created you to do it. And that's that's the big paradigm shift is to realize that God actually calls people to the workplace. He calls you to be a salesman. He calls you to be a manager. He calls you to be a janitor. He calls you to be a car salesman. Whatever it is that he has destined and purposed for you to do, if you get in line with that and do it, then you you will do it with excellence and you will bless people and serve people and advance the kingdom of God.
0: We hope you've been challenged by this podcast to consider biblical work principles in the workplace. For more information, visit strategieswork.com or to give feedback or sign up for our newsletter, please send an email to podcast at strategieswork.com. Thank you for joining us for this podcast and we look forward to seeing you next time.